Welcome to Hashtag Influencer, hosted by Babelbox CEO Sherry Langbert. Sherry interviews the world's biggest brands, agencies, and influencers to uncover their influencer marketing secrets to success. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review Hashtag Influencer wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, Sherry is joined by Lisa Rabb, a New York-based PR and communications professional with over 15 years of experience. Lisa spent the majority of her career in boutique PR agencies focused on wellness, beauty, fashion, and lifestyle brands. In 2018, she moved to an in-house PR position with Finks, Inc., where she dedicates her time to helping continue to break the taboos associated with menstruation and bladder leaks. Sherry asks Lisa about her background and how she got started in public relations. I went to college at Ball State University. And, you know, when I was a freshman, I decided to select nursing as my major. I think I just really wanted to go in with a decision of what I thought I would study. And skip ahead a few weeks into my college career, I had the chance to go to New York City with a caravan of kids, like four carloads. And I will never forget driving through the Lincoln Tunnel and looking up and seeing all the tall buildings and the lights. And it was instantaneous. I just knew I had to live in New York city. That was, that was, that was it. So I went back to, went back to school and basically I had, I had the thought that I needed to have a major or choose a career path where my parents couldn't say, well, you could, but you could do that here (laughs) in Indiana. So I did a lot of career assessment tests and spoke to my advisor and ultimately landed on studying public relations. So that's, you know, really kind of how I started down that path. And I think it took me a while to finally actually understand, even after many classes and courses, to to hone in on what public relations actually meant. But I, I fell in love with it very quickly. I feel like I was born to be a person that works in public relations, actually. I started doing internships. I was able to move to New York for a semester of college and do my first internship. And then I my senior year spent basically my, the last semester focused on finding a job so I could move to New York right away. And thankfully I, I had a job offer. And instead of walking in my graduation, I, I moved to that day and, and that's been over 15 years ago now. So that's amazing. We have a lot in common. That's my journey to get there, but I really feel like it was exactly what was supposed to happen. So you didn't go to nursing. I did not. I, I quickly changed my mind. I don't think I would have been a great nurse to be quite honest. Yeah, me neither. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a lot in common. I also came with the seeing the city and just, I have to live here and kind of just yeah. didn't leave till I got a job. But you know, it's, how was it? I mean, I know it's very competitive and particularly now, like what mm-hmm. advice, you know, would you give to someone who's just, I, I see so many young women and men struggling, like I want to break into PR and because of COVID, yeah. like what advice would you give to someone? Sure. I think it's a matter, I mean, PR really is a field where networking and who you know is a strong part of it. So I mm-hmm. say hone in on people that you are interested either in the company they're working for or you're familiar with their work and don't be afraid to go introduce yourself, write a a LinkedIn message or find their email and, and introduce yourself that way. Or, you know, once we're back in the world where we can do in-person events, I used to go to everything. If I had an invite, I was going to show up when, especially early in my career, just knowing that everyone that I could make a connection with, I never knew how that could form later in life. So I think that's one of the best things I would say. 
It's amazing yeah. advice. And I think it continues yeah. throughout your career. Like I know Absolutely. a few years ago. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, I need to move it. And I joined chief in New York city, like just to, oh, great. yeah. You yeah. know, so I think that we kind of become like, oh, well, we're connecting. But I think that reaching out and stay and meeting as many new people as you can is forever important advice. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I still I still lean on that so much to this day. And, and even even now in this pandemic world that we're in and everything's happening virtually, I, I still I do the same thing. I, I try and make connections with new people and ask them to do video copies with me. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's just an important, it's, I think it's going to be a consistently important part of my, my career. Yeah. And ever changing with everything going on. Yes. Yes. So moving on to that topic, 2005, I guess, is when you first started, maybe six, the world was a different place. I mean, there was no, I don't think there was Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. There was no blogs. Yep. Facebook had just launched. Facebook rolled out my senior year of college and it was only for college students, you had to have a .edu email address to join it. So that we're, we were just starting to get there, but certainly, you know, it's funny to think now they're in the PR world. There are so many different online databases that you can subscribe to, to build out your press list. And so there's decisions or decision and muckrack. When I first started, we had Bacon's books and they were these large large books that were basically, you know, the equivalent of a phone book for media people. And it would, you know, list their names and outlets and their email address and oh their my phone God. numbers. And it's like, you'd have to flip through it. I mean, this book must've been 10 pounds and there are like probably five of them that you'd have to refer to. So that's how we used to build our contact list, which is so crazy to think about, but you know, now, thankfully that's all done uh, online and yeah. easier to- Where is, where is Bacon Books today? Yeah, that's, you know, I think, I think Bacon's became Cision, if okay. I recall correctly. Okay. And Cision is now one of the leading yeah. um, platforms for, for media. I mean, I yeah. remember when Harrow started Help a Reporter. I mean, yeah, this- of course, Peter Shakeman. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. And then that was also acquired by Cision, right? Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. I personally use uh, Muckrack for for my press list building needs these days, but I've, I think I've used all of them at this point. In Interesting. Career. We use Cision. Yeah, it's it's, but it is it's wild to think about how it how it used to be, and it you know, I guess it it has been over fifteen years ago, but it still doesn't feel like it has been that long. <laughs> I know, I know. So thanks, amazing, yeah. inspiring story. You know, just rapid growth, a brand that sells washable period proof underwear. Yes. What lured you to this company? Well, you know, I like a lot of people and maybe you'll recall this, remember seeing the advertising that things did on the subway. This was in 2015. So I didn't realize this at the time, but that was two years after the company started. And it was interesting because Again, I, I didn't realize this at the time, but the NTA there, the uh, out was it outfront media that um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. does the advertising for the NTA. They rejected the ads initially. Uh, the ads had grapefruits that represented vaginas and other, you know, had photos of, of people in their underwear, but it really wasn't that scandalous if we're being honest. And especially if you think about how plastic surgeons or would still use melons to represent rust augmentation, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, the company fought against that and ultimately was able to get that overturned and the ads did run. And I remember seeing them and just thinking, 
what a cool concept and what a great brand and started following what was happening with the company for a few years. And, you know, at the time I was working at a PR agency, I'd, I had been a few different boutique PR agencies prior to joining Thinks. And actually I had at one point represented the Diva Cup, which is another, it's a yep. cup. And I had also worked with Satisfier Vibrators. So I like to <laughs> joke that I've like carved a little bit of a niche here, but the reality is I saw the, the opening with the company and I didn't, I honestly didn't have any connections there. I just felt like my experience was really relevant. And, you know, whereas some people might shy away from talking about periods or things that are a little more taboo. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I love being part of a conversation that, you know, helps break taboos. Yeah. I've had a lot of, do you know, Rachel Cheryl Braun? I don't believe so. She's like a badgerpreneur and she talked and I've had lots of conversations about her. She's like a, she's an expert in this whole field, but we've talked about like, you know, some of the ads that can't be done and how, you know, regulated and unfair it is in the industry. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really something to it's, it, I'm happy to say I've seen, it was probably in 2010 that I started working with the Diva Cup. So I am happy to say I've seen that there has been a shift in the conversation and people are open to, to talking about periods openly and, and freely more so than they used to be, but there's still work to be done. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. We, we did a campaign for summer's Eve and it was like about periods and it was a whole custom box activation yeah. and it's hard from both sides. I mean, it's also hard to cast talent for a campaign like that because people yeah. are, you know, like, what are you saying? And should I be writing this on my blog, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very true. Also just to, to back up a little things we have things, of course, which is underwear for, for periods. And then we have our things between line, which is for early and first period. So it's, um, Tween. size and like girls underwear sizing and starting at like a nine ten, And then we also have speaks by things, which is underwear for light to moderate bladder leaks. So okay. especially when it, I think the bladder leak space, that's, that's even more challenging to, to have people talk about that than it is period. So, you know, I feel like we're slowly moving the needle a little bit, but that brings you into your product line, which is interesting. You you're kind of covering the life cycle of like yeah. the young woman all the way through, like what happens throughout your life. So tell yeah. us a little bit more about this product line and like what yeah. differentiates yeah. you from the competition. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So things was one of the first period underwear brands to hit the market. Um, we launched in 2013. We are a leader in the space. We have 70% market share in the U S wow. um, you know, but that's it. We're, we are seeing a lot of competition come up, but something the CEO of thanks, her name is Maria Mollen. She has often said, you know, we're happy to see the competition because it means it's the space is growing and people are getting more comfortable with this concept. I mean, if you think about it, it's still a new behavior change for people. So you know, we are seeing competition come in, but, you know, we take a lot of pride in being a solutions company for periods and bladder leaks and making sure that we offer the best product that it's well-made. It's made in a sustainable manufacturing space in the Sri Lanka. And, you know, we also offer a large variety of styles, colors, and prints. So mm -hmm. it allows people to really find what works best for them and have the confidence that they're, they can wear them and not have to worry about leaks. And talking about sustainability, you know, yeah. I think there's a big issue. Look, I've, I've spoken to a lot of the period cup companies, like how, 
you know, people don't know, like, how does all this affect, you know, women's carpet footprint? Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I remember one day last summer I was walking, I was in Montauk walking just along the beach and I saw a tampon applicator on Uh. this pad and I was just like, (laughs) oh, this is why things is so great. And why more people need to consider changing to period underwear or or something that's reusable. You know, there are 7 billion tampons that are thrown out in the U S every year. And most of them, 88% are sold with applicators. So, and it takes 500 years for a single use plastic applicator to decompose. So, I mean, it's just crazy to think just about the waste that, that is coming from something that happened, happens to us every single month, you know, for approximately 38 years of our lives. So it's great because things can be worn for, you know, one pair can be worn for up to two years or 24 wash cycles. So just even thinking about, you know, myself as one person, how much I'm um, eliminating from landfills by personally using things underwear. It's, you know, it it makes you feel good to, to have that thought. We also have a great tool on our website called the know your flow tool. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to go in and answer a few questions about your period. And it will tell you, here's how many like underwear we suggest and here's styles that we think would work best for you. But it also, one of my favorite parts is that it will give you a little anecdote at the end that tells you how much waste you're personally able to eliminate by, by switching to things. So it's kind of a cool, that's very cool cool moment to like, to, to check out. But I mean, I will say I personally use things I've used things for exclusively for almost three years Mm -hmm. and they really work. And it's, it's so great to not have to worry about like, do I still, do I have enough tampons in my cabinet? Do I need to to the store? Do I have one in my purse? You know, it's just, it's, it eliminates all of those question marks and eliminates the waste. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. And this might be out of left field and maybe not, but is there anything that thinks is involved with all this, you know, with uh-huh. some non-for-profits or anything helping women or supporting women? We have a lot of different give back initiatives. We just this year partnered with, or this, this quarter actually partnered with the Boys and Girls Club of America and donated oh, great. almost 15,000 pairs of our things between underwear across 19 of their chapters. And they were also our giving Tuesday partner this year. Mm-hmm. And we also have a card donation on our website. So as you're checking out, you are asked, would you like to donate $2 to the boys and girls club of America? So, you know, we try to do things like that. That's like helping we've, we've had several nonprofit partners throughout the years, but that's great. The, the environment you're yeah. literally direct to yeah. the environment there. So exactly. that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like introducing young people to a new concept that they maybe haven't heard of before. Maybe their, their parents haven't heard of before. So oh, I thought you meant camping was a new concept for young people. No, I'm kidding. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as I said before, I, I know that I can imagine how hard it must be to get publicity. So what are some sure. of the challenges you face and how do you get a, you know, through the clutter and in terms of breaking these, you know, these rules and regulations. Yeah. Yeah. It really is interesting to think, you know, again, having worked in the menstrual care space, like on and off for, for the last decade, I, this question reminds me of a time I was at an editor meeting at real simple magazine. I'm going to say it was in maybe 2011 and the editor 
told me, she goes, you know, we kind of like to just pretend that our readers don't have periods and don't have sex. And, oh my you know, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's crazy to think back on that, but actually just last week, real simple had an article on period care and included our CEO and talked about things in it. So, you know, it's great to see that at least we've had some, it's, it's gotten a, a bit better. It is, it, I, it's much easier to get companies or get, sorry, get publications to talk about companies that are taking care of periods. So that's the good news, but you know, there still are challenges we come up against. And some of it's not even just about the press as much as our advertising. I mentioned previously the subway campaign mm-hmm. that was initially rejected. Well, we still are having this conversation on different platforms. Last year, we did our first national TV campaign and it, it imagined a world where everyone had a period. So it showed cis men and different period scenarios, like someone asking their friend for a tampon and um, a tampon string hanging out of the back of their <laughs> underwear. And the networks, some of the networks pushed back on that because they didn't want to show that tampon string or they didn't want to show the red liquid representing blood. So, mm-hmm. you know, and actually we're about to launch our second national TV campaign next week. And wow. It's this one's much more on product education about what things is and how it works, but we're still coming up against those same pushbacks about showing a blood stain on it on a sheet. So it's, it's interesting to see where, you know, there has been some improvement, some progress, but there are other spaces where it still continues to come up. But. And so do you think in your experience, is this different for men's personal care products? You know, I feel like. It, it does feel a little different. I mm-hmm. will say there was that Hims subway campaign that launched, I want to say in 2018, or maybe it was 20 early 2019. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but yeah, it showed different like plants and cactuses in, and anyway, it was, we were looped into that conversation quite a bit because that campaign didn't get the pushback that our subway campaign initially had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess what we, what we tend to, to see in that is that maybe we've helped pave that road a little bit. So, you know, whether, whether it's that, or whether it's the fact that it's a men's product is, is a little bit up for debate, I suppose. But I, I do think that when it's a, a woman's product and it, it's something that maybe not everyone feels comfortable speaking about that, that does get in, get in the way a little bit more. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think what we see also is that again, it's just people, let's just pretend it's not here. And even the people who are in control of what, you know, their own accounts and stuff like that, it's still, you know, you still see about 50% of the people saying, I don't want to write about this, or I don't want to talk about it. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah. people really just aren't ready to do it yet. So and you know, we definitely want to keep working to, to break that mold and make people realize it's okay to talk about it. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're all here because someone had a period and <laughs> the population is, is having a period, you know, as we speak. So it's something we do need to get more comfortable with, I believe. Yeah. And I think, you know, millennials are like, even the, you know, it's going to, the younger generation is going to bring this to the forefront. They're not as shy or as, you know, right. careful as, you know, we are. But it also is interesting that you launched like that tween brand. When did you launch that? That launched in 2018. It was in August of 2018. So still fairly new, but yeah, it's, you know, I think back to my, I, my first periods and this would have been a complete uh-huh. game changer if this existed 
at that time. So it's, you know, I think it's a great thing, but it's still, we're, for the most part, people are using what their parents have, have taught them. them to use. So it's still a matter of like, there's a lot of education that has to take place. Which was what I was going to ask you. So particularly with younger women, like how are yeah. you using social media to educate women on feminine health and hygiene and, you know, everything? Yeah, sure. Of course. We have a really vibrant social community. Our Instagram account has like close to 400,000 people that follow us. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a space that we use for product education. It's, we have done a lot of video content where we actually like show or, you know, pouring liquid into the underwear gusset. So you can see that it it's not leaking and it, you know, they have a video where someone's actually like wringing it out to show it's like, it really absorbs it. So we just use that. We use these social platforms to demonstrate a lot of like how the underwear works and how to care for it and what to expect from it as well as of course, showcasing styles and colors and new launches, but it's really a strong place for us to show product education and help people understand it. And have you ever taken, cause I think I read somewhere like period, please. Have you ever taken like more of a humorous approach to any of it? You know, we try to not go too humorous with it. It's more about, I mean, sure. Of course there are going to be some, some humor. I mean, Mm -hmm. we all have that, have some period leaking story where ultimately we just have to laugh at it. But, you know, we try and like, we don't use phrases like amp flow or we really Mm -hmm. try and talk directly about it's a period and this is what it is. And everyone's different your, your body's different than my body. And, you know, we're going to have different experiences and, and help people just, just embrace that. And how have influencers responded to things? You know, influencers really seem to love working with us. We have a really great influencer uh, campaign pretty much at all times. And we find people like people are often inspired by our brand and find it exciting to work, to work with us. So that's great. You know, of course you're, there's the thought of like, it's underwear and you know, do people want to take photos of themselves in their underwear? Like how do we do that or do they have to? And I mean, the answer is some people do, and some people show it in other ways, but we are fortunate people, you know, it's, it's obviously not the same as a lipstick, you know, there, it's going to have a little more of a limitation on who is going to be willing to talk about it. But we have a lot of influencers that are excited to work with us. I would say where we are more challenged is with Speaks by Thinks, the underwear for bladder leaks. That's something where it is more challenging to get people to say, yeah, I'll, I'll do a campaign with you on that. You know, and I think it's because periods are a function of the body and bladder leaks are seen as more of a dysfunction of the body. So that's a... a a harder space, but yeah, trying to get people more on board for talking about that as well. One in three women had experienced bladder leaks. So it's a very common thing that I think people, and I think everyone is, I think people associated with, Oh, I'm getting older, but it's not. I mean, so many women in, in like my fitness, like in my, my gym are like, Oh my God, I'm doing jumping jacks. And I, you know, I just peed or you just had a baby and blah, blah, blah. So it's very, yeah. We've had, we've had college athletes write into us and tell us that they use our speaks underwear um, yeah. for their bladder leaks. So it's, it's definitely, 
it, the thought is that it means you're getting older or that it's associated with that, but it really, it happens to all people of all ages and whether you've had children or haven't had children. So yeah, I think, I think you have a campaign in the making. I think you should do do like a whole athletic college campaign. I know. Right. That's what we should do about that. So tell me about your favorite influencer collaboration at Thinks. You know, my favorite, it's, I would still say it's an influencer collaboration, but also celebrity. We did, we did a uh, collaboration with Alana Glazer last year and launched uh, Crimson was the color. So we worked closely with Alana. For those of you who maybe aren't as familiar, she is an actress that was on the show Broad City. She wrote and directed it as well. And she was a fan of Thinks and and basically approached us, which was exciting. And we worked very closely with her to create the whole campaign around it and the the color and the naming of it. So that was a really fun moment. It was exciting for me. I got to be part of the the shoot and all of the, all aspects of that campaign. So that was exciting and a big, it was our first real celebrity collaboration we had done. So it was that's awesome for the brand. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so what is new and exciting for 21, 2021 for things? We have some pretty cool, um, exciting things coming for 2021. The first thing is we are launching uh, thinks activewear. So it's a full activewear collection with our period absorbent gussets built into the, to the That's pieces. Awesome. So cycle shorts, active shorts, and uh, a leotard. So that's going to be very cool. It's also, you know, especially ob- obviously it was designed for working out, but considering we're all spending a lot more time in our, in our comfort wear, it's, you know, great for working out at home or just working from home, I suppose. Yep. Um, so that's exciting. And then there are a couple other big things coming up that I can't quite touch on yet, but I will say watch this space. <laughs> no, that isn't a brilliant move. Active comfort wear for 2021, because as you're saying, exactly like we're working out, we're staying at home and that space yeah. is just booming. So congratulations yeah. and good luck yeah, with that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's very exciting. And my last and final question, you don't have to answer it, but I always ask is name an influencer you love to follow, but hate to admit that you do. Oh, that is a great question. And I'm a little bit stumped that what's coming to my mind is a little more, again, celebrity slash influencer. And I, I have no hate about it at all, but it's my, my favorite person that I follow is Andy Cohen. Oh, me too. I just love everything he has to share. If I, I could be, you know, listening to a song in my headphones. And if I am scrolling through stories and see he's recorded, like he's talking, I will make sure I stop what I'm doing. And I listen, I just, yeah. I think it's so funny and entertaining. So that's my favorite person I follow. He's awesome. We are on the same page with that one. So, and believe it or not, a lot of times I have no idea some of the people that people mention. I'm like, oh, okay, but you know, he's a good one. So thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we will welcome. all definitely be watching you and thanks and just wishing you much success in the new year. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This has been so much fun being part of your show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hashtag Influencer. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. For all of our episodes and more information about our guests, head to podcast.babblebox.com. That's box with two X's. And stay tuned for next week's episode, where Babblebox CEO Sherry Langbert interviews another great guest. This is Hashtag Influencer. Hashtag Influencer.